0: Another Star Trek podcast. And now, here is your host, Albie.
1: And tonight, I welcome back once again, one of my favorite co-hosts so far, out of the two, <laughs> Christopher D. Philippus. Yeah. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back yet again. I appreciate it. I really do. Uh, tonight, we're talking about Season 1, Episode 3 of Lower Decks called Temporal Edict. What are your first thoughts on this, your first impressions? Ah, uh,
2: uh, <laughs> really? I had the opposite. Uh, I had the opposite this reaction. Was,
1: this was the worst of the three.
2: Wow. Yeah. I did not one laugh in this episode. Really? So many things. So many things wrong with this episode <laughs> that I just, I cannot overlook. So
1: I thought this was going to be yeah, the one I mean, that was going to bring you in. I really did.
2: Yeah. No. Um Oof. <laughs> Ooh, this was painful. This is painful. really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I don't know if I'm the only one out there not feeling this, but I'm, I'm just. It, it seems like I'm feeling it less and less instead
1: of more and more as I keep watching. So I'm actually torturing you by making you watch these.
2: Yeah, I mean, no, it hasn't <laughs> been torture yet. But if they keep up like this, boy, I, you might need to find a host that actually likes the show. <laughs> All right. I can do that.
1: <laughs> I'm sure I can. I'm sure I can. There's a lot of us out there. So it, it, it is very split <laughs> still. It's very split. So I don't know. And I don't understand it myself because how can I enjoy something so much that so, it's, it's like torture to somebody else that I don't know. This one was uh, so I'm far not, my favorite out of the three. I'm going to say it's, it's Really? Yeah. I, uh wow. Very rarely does an, uh, an episode of anything make me sitting in my home by myself on my couch uh, emote or react. I think I applauded at Hamilton and I felt silly, but it was really good. Mm. Uh, but I don't think they could hear me. Um, uh, but this one, by the end of the episode, I was like off the couch going, yeah, and I used an expletive. So, Okay. Wow. Uh, that's how much I liked well, it. Wow. I'd really like to know what it was that you
2: loved about it.
1: Like, what um, made you so enthused? Well, uh, sure, we'll talk about it more while we're watching it. But, like, um, yeah. just like if I was on a next gen era Starship, I would be one of those people. I'd be like humming the theme song in the elevator. You know, I would be just having fun doing all that stuff. And I don't know. I, I just felt like if I was. In Star Trek, this would be my crew. This would be my group. This would be my my friends. So it's kind of like usually I mean, usually in a Star Trek series, you got to find one of the characters that you kind of are the window into the ep- uh, shows for you. Kind of when, you know, you feel like uh, if I was there, this would be my part. My But like the whole thing is like my group, I think. Gotcha. And, you know, when I consume media
2: um, to enjoy something, I don't necessarily have to identify okay. with one of the characters. Or it's not to say that that never happens. It's just not a prerequisite for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And I really don't identify with many of these, any of these characters, to be honest with you. And that's okay. You know, I don't need to do that to enjoy something. So mm-hmm. to hear you see that as that as sort of like your way in Mm -hmm. and what makes you feel good about this Mm -hmm. is very understandable i i don't feel that Mm -hmm. but i still don't think that that has anything to do with why i'm really not liking this show okay does that make sense it
1: does yeah i'm not trying to convince (laughs) you (laughs) you know
2: yeah no, no 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 um
1: like I said last week, it's just be more funny. Yeah, so you're and looking for more humor, different humor. See, for me it was like laugh every I'm, I'm every, looking for humor, every 10 seconds. Like, Maybe we got a different 10 sense of humor. Yeah, like it was like for me it was like a full episode squeezed into a half episode, you know, time-wise. Mm. Like there was so much going um, on the whole time. And I think that most of the humor on this
2: was predicated on the characters being stupid. <laughs> Or assholes.
1: So yeah. I, I, I kind of saw your point uh, on Beckett towards the end, you know, where she yeah, was like, I like want to, I want to, like what did she say about blood? I want to, I want to step through your blood. I, I want to dance in your dance blood. Dance in your blood. Yeah. I was like, hmm, Chris yeah, might we'll get, have a we'll point. That. <laughs> Chris might have a point. But see, I, <laughs> so, so I've had a crush on her uh, since the beginning. So maybe that's it. So maybe that says more about me than anything. Um, okay. Are you ready to watch the episode? sure okay and I stay mean, tuned for have. after the watch along uh stay tuned for that because we'll have trek and tell on our final thoughts and uh talk some more stuff about star trek okay so when the computer says uh, on view screen that's your time to get your cbs app ready to watch um along with us it's lord x season one episode three are you ready mr d philippus i certainly am so we're starting in three two one
0: on view screen
1: all right. It's going. So you, you're telling me you didn't like this, uh, this open. 14. Yeah, it is. I can t- see that. There was some blood. Oh, see, stuff. this is where I was just like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you said, uh-oh, and I laughed out loud. So we have- he's doing like like river dance so, yeah. fiddling. So he's playing. Right. Right.
2: And I could see this as a callback to next gen. Absolutely. Where we have some boring recital. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Chamber recital.
1: And then she comes along everybody's and everybody's like playing rock and roll. here
2: and okay i mean this is this is good enough mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden boom here i am going to be a dick <laughs> total dick oh and by the way this is a starship mm-hmm. so like an electric guitar that amp can shake a whole starship to the point where klingons can hear it through the vacuum of space
1: first couple times I watched it, that's what? what I was thinking. The sound doesn't travel through space. Most famously, you know, in space, no one can hear you scream. Then I realized um, the captain was on view screen with the Klingons. So I was thinking that the bass sound was coming over the communication system. And that's what made it okay for me.
2: Now she throws a guitar. <laughs> it's too cool for the room. And then he comes... And he breaks Boymler's sail, And then he just says, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, see, and you're laughing, and I'm just like, okay, that was just dumb. Mm. And I don't want to be a stick in the mud. I really don't. But that to me, there was nothing funny about that. And I dislike Mariner more than ever.
1: <laughs> so. I have a new theory about Mariner Beckett. Um, if any of us were in a say um, virtual reality holodeck simulation of Star Trek the next generation we would probably act like this like nothing really bothered us and we were just there to enjoy ourselves so uh, that, this is a fan theory that I'm making up that is has no possibility of being true but what if she's just in a simulation and she's a Star Trek fan so this is a whole hollow novel I don't know but uh, what
2: else could explain how she acts um, the fact that the writing is bad <laughs> and they think that they think that that equals funny i i just mm. I don't un- see that's uh, this this what you just said points out a fundamental problem with the show okay. you like the show and even you don't understand why they have her act the way she acts because right, it's for real and here's okay temporal edict right there <laughs> i thought it was going to be a time travel episode
1: i was excited for a time travel episode i really was yeah and i was kept waiting episode. for the time travel to happen but then it didn't so, but you know, it's, stereotype. it's misleading, but accurate because it's, Oh a, yeah, no, it is. It, so. it's, a,
2: it's a clever play on, on sort of that
1: phrase. Did you recognize the voice of uh, this admiral? Sounded familiar. No, I didn't. Okay. Maybe a little bit like uh pageant Brewster. Is that her name? Page Brewster, pageant Brewster. Um, I don't know how to pronounce it. I don't
2: it. know. Pageant Brewster from a hole in the
1: wall. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and she throws the pad at the V screen. now a question she's uh, agitated in this episode you think that has to do with the uh, energy being that entered her chest in the previous episode and something they're going to continue through the season and come back or you think it's just a
2: I do not, unless the energy being is something that makes them stupid, because now you have a captain saying, we have the worst crew in Starship, uh, the worst, the worst cr- crew in Starfleet. <laughs> My ship is a joke. It's your ship. You're the captain. Mm-hmm. If ship is a joke. It's your fault.
1: Yeah, she decides to so, change it, but not necessarily the best way, right? So what do you think of that yeah, joke I mean, that was in the preview about the whole uh, stun kill setting? Again, how irresponsible could you be? Like, mm-hmm. this is a
2: person that does not belong in a Starfleet uniform. Mm-hmm. I think, I, uh, I I don't I know. It's supposed to be funny. I get mm-hmm. it's supposed to be funny, but you can't just throw out all logic for the sake of a quote joke. Mm-hmm. And nobody who is even an ensign would be that irresponsible, especially with a deadly phaser. I mean, it's just. I just. I, I, what do you think about buffer time? For comedy, but I, I just can't forgive stupidity.
1: We, um, we, I we, think we won't talk about either one of our current jobs, of course, but in previous jobs, have you uh, had built in buffer time?
2: Oh, my God, my last job before the job I have now mm-hmm. was all buffer time.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, I had that job. I was a full time job, but I had it down to like, you know, 15 hours a week. It was the greatest job ever. Mm-hmm. I had so much free time, so much mm-hmm. buffer time. I was doing a lot more stuff. Now, oh, my God, I, I have no no time for anything. Mm-hmm. I work like 50, 60 hours a week. It's mm-hmm. crazy. So Big difference. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I miss buffer time. I got to be honest.
1: So he's uh, humming along to uh, Star Trek, the motion picture, I think. Yeah, that was cute. Yeah. That would be me. Or next year. That's gen. what I'm saying. Yeah, could, yeah I, I, that was my first thought. But then most people are saying uh, motion picture, which I guess there is very similar. It is, it's the same it's the same thing mm-hmm. oh another thing that i found out right before i watched this episode do you, do you know how much do you know about albie do you know my favorite actress your favorite actress paget brewster no <laughs> close though <laughs> close uh my favorite actress no, no. is actually the mother of jack quaid who plays ensign brad Boim- boimler and uh i couldn't I believe jack Quaid's mother Meg ryan Oh, really? Yes, and I had no idea oh, until... It's Quaid, Jack Quaid. Yep. There you go. Uh, that's that's their kid, and I had no idea. How does time travel... How does time go by that fast? I have a crush on an adult person's mother. What is that? It's called being human beings. I guess so. <laughs> See, it, I think it's funny that uh, he was the one that spilled the beans, and uh, he's trying to make it seem like not a big deal. Yeah, and it's Delta shift.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I understand now this is a riff on Scotty's, mm-hmm. Scotty's trick that he pulled on Kirk. Right.
1: And how he that, tried to convince Geordi uh, uh, you know, to do that. Geordi was kind of like a stick in the mud compared to Scotty when it came to that, whereas, you yeah. know, he, he wasn't he wasn't down for the misleading in the buffer time. But Scotty got the work done.
2: Like, yeah, these guys, uh, again, so now it's a week later and the ship is literally like falling apart. But the captain is sticking to it like it's it's like the greatest thing that they ever implemented. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the only one that's getting along this whole new system is Boimler because that's how he's built,
0: mm-hmm.
2: which is, you know, which is pretty cool. But, again, if the ship is in pandemonium,
1: mm-hmm.
2: yet the captain is stubbornly sticking to making everybody do things in 60-second increments, mm-hmm. <laughs> I... I
1: Anyway, I've had (laughs) jobs. I've I've had jobs where these things happen in real life, where you get a new manager and they change everything and they know the best way to do everything. And everything's falling apart around everyone. And you just keep going. And people like uh, a restaurant, for example, restaurant jobs I've had, you know, every year you get a new general manager when you work in a restaurant. It's just uh, that's the way it is. And uh, people that's been working at the place for 10, 15 years, they know what they're doing just let them do what they're doing but they come in and change everything and then everything breaks and the new manager can't figure out why everything's not working. Right. So so that kind yeah. of stuff does happen. I've, I've, yeah,
2: I've never I've never personally experienced that. Mm-hmm. So but uh, I don't know. I mean, what do you think about the little romance going, going on to the commanding officer?
1: The the romance. It's weird. I think it's weird. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. I like Jerry O'Connell's performance in this. Yeah, he was he was uh, heavy in this episode, cool. which is uh, we haven't seen a lot of them so yeah. far, which I was happy about. <laughs> and the the whole the whole thing about the people that worship the wood versus worship the crystals or whatever. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that? That was trying to tell okay. some kind of parable, right?
2: I no, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, okay, they just admitted these people into the federation. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, they're going to attack Federation officers. Mm. I what? Because well, they I showed mean, them. It's not like they, the first contact. It's not like they showed them wood. Because they showed
1: them wood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which apparently they don't have a lot of wood on that planet. Cause it's mostly crystals. So that's why they like the crystals and everything to be about the crystals. a metaphor for something, or? Uh, well, I didn't get that until the very end when um, uh, uh I some line about I'm not crystalline or something. So that sounded almost like Christian, Christian to me. So it might be like two different religions, uh, like yeah, no, an allegory no, for two different religions that. or something. I, I don't I don't worship the wood or the crystals. I think it's, so they're totally they're enemies,
2: it. like they're mortal enemies. Yeah, for some reason.
1: They have wood, <laughs> which was a joke, also. Uh, he's got wood. He's got wood. These are new aliens. I haven't seen them before.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: Mm hmm.
1: We've got
2: our bullying guy. And
1: what do you think of this alien design? Uh, I think they look unique. And I haven't seen anything like him in Star Trek before. I think it's uh, I, I like the self-referential yeah. referential thing where they say later how, uh, you know, how did, you know, they're throwing spears. How did they have starships? You know that their weapon is a spear, but they're attacking. Yeah, the exactly.
2: That's another thing that doesn't make sense because you got to figure if they were admitted into Federation membership, they've discovered war warp mm-hmm. power. Right. Right. Isn't that a prerequisite? I believe so. First contact. Yes. yes. Uh, so now they're actually been permitted prom- uh, <laughs> federation. Right.
1: Again, why all this hostility? I I just this doesn't make sense to would. me. What would be something that would uh, offend people today like that, like drawing a cartoon would cause some groups of people to kill you, right? So it, it. it there is precedent for that.
2: I don't know. And name dropping Kirk.
1: Yeah. What do you think about that?
2: Uh, pandering. Mm. Again, if it was funny, it would have been great. But it okay. wasn't funny. Mm-hmm. Did you laugh uh, at all the whole episode? I think I'm going to be a stick in the blood for this whole episode. I'm okay, sorry. That's fine. That's fine. Just, uh, <laughs> uh, did you
1: laugh at all in the, in the whole episode?
2: Um, no, there's one scene that I found mildly amusing okay. because it subverted my expectation. Okay. And I'll, I'll, I'll let you know which okay. one I found mildly amusing when okay. we get to it. Um. But I mean,
1: uh, this one uh, was more action packed on the bridge. It seemed to have like two A stories versus like uh, a B and a C maybe with like an A happening in the background. You know, it seemed to be all action. All
2: this was was all a story. Mm -hmm.
1: So what if this episode was if you took out like the humor and took this episode and put it into like, say, a next gen episode? What about it? Like uh, like do. the story the storyline, the situation. Do you think that would make a good uh, normal episode of Star Trek?
2: No, I don't think this is written well at all. I don't think it would make a good episode of anything. That's <laughs> oh. Star Trek or not. I think the character motivations. This is something that annoys me when it comes to like sitcoms. Mm-hmm. A lot of times sitcoms will get so lazy where they just rely on the characters to be dumb. Mm-hmm. And because of that, it, it's just like they try to mine it for cheap laughs. Mm. When nobody would be this dumb, like they're gonna sit there and she's gonna tell them to keep working while these people are attacking the ship mm-hmm. and nobody stops them. If I see, I, I they have a full on intruder alert, full on, full on attack invasion, and she's like, fight them and keep working. Dumbest if, captain ever. If if I had an experience, funny, but it's it's not.
1: If I hadn't experienced those situations, similar situations in real life, like working in restaurants, like I was telling you how um, like you'd be like doing what you're told, knowing it's not the right thing to do, but you're being told to do it. So you keep doing it and and the whole thing falls apart and you keep doing it because that's your job. So I've been there. Okay, yeah, but don't you think that if you were a Starfleet captain, wouldn't an invasion on your ship take precedence? That's why I think she's kind of losing it because of that little energy being in, in her chest. If we go to the end of you're season good. one and they don't c- come back to that, then I don't know. I guarantee you they will not come back okay. to that. Okay, so that'll be fun to see. So we'll I think, see.
2: I think you're forgiving her <laughs> far too easily. Am
1: I a Star I mean, Trek apologist? Am I, am I always trying to figure I, out why I like be. it? You might be I a might Lower Dex. It might be a Lower decks apologist. Okay, I'm I I'm not be. sure. <laughs> It just I don't know, it just seems to me like before before Orville, I never thought about why are people in Star Trek not like people, you know they're all top of their class, you know they're all you know whatever their version of straight A students are at the time, and they're all work focused and nobody's just there to have fun and enjoy it the day you know the, or they yeah, might but
2: to me i I never got that I think they had plenty of fun, they enjoyed the day, I think, but they were also in a on a ship in, in a military organization That mm-hmm. expected a certain decorum mm-hmm. A certain protocol mm-hmm. Doesn't mean they can't have fun It just right. means that they're not a bunch of slacking jerk-offs mm. And this show portrays them As a bunch of slacking jerk-offs Until it doesn't
1: hmm. Because I think If you get to be That person that is On the say flagship Of the Federation, the Enterprise You are that one person per ship that is work focused and not a slacker and but there's so many ships in the Federation, you know, there's gotta be a bunch of slackers. Yeah, I just can't
2: believe that Starfleet would admit someone like, like Mariner. hmm She'd be serving in some kind of merchant fleet somewhere, mm-hmm. if anyone would have her, or she'd have her own ship. Mm. Like get that her mom and dad are admirals and captains and mm-hmm. things like that, which is the only way I guess they can make it sort of see this is fun. This was sort of funny. Okay. Because oh yeah, we have phasers. These guys have spears. Yeah. Why isn't
1: anybody attacking these people? And it took me to realize. I got that. angry. Well, if if the captain you know, hadn't said don't don't stop your don't use uh, the invasion as an excuse to stop your tasks or whatever, you know. Uh, what did you think about uh, all these numbers? I'm looking for 47 the whole time, because, you know, 47 in Star Trek.
2: That's a next-gen
1: thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? Where there's uh, 47 in each episode. Same Battlestar Galactica, a lot of shows. Um, but uh, there's you, there's no 47 you, you until the captain has a change of heart, and then behind her it changes to 47. So I'm wondering if that's, like, uh, okay. like um, a coincidence, or they did that on purpose, like, for people that are looking for 47 the whole time that don't see it, and then at that moment... Phew, There's a 47 I don't know Maybe I'm reading Way too much into
0: it
2: No I mean look That's that's sort of An easter egg thing For for Mm -hmm. fans Especially especially Next gen fans So Mm -hmm. I don't know If there's like Actual reading into it Like
1: too much Reading into it Those scars weren't There last week That kind of bothered me Was it last week Or two weeks ago yeah. Second contact, now, two weeks ago. This is ago.
2: what I understood. It's like, okay, I get it. So, like, are we trying to sexualize her by she just all of a sudden ripping her top off? Well, I think she's like she's, she's got to be,
1: what, 30, right? 28? So I think it's okay. Oh, no, I'm not saying
2: it's not okay. It just seemed like an odd choice for me mm-hmm. so that maybe it arouses him somewhat so that they can plant the seeds for whatever pseudo-relationship it looks like ah. they're going to be, um, you know, uh, it... Just based
1: on the way it ended. Mm-hmm. Well, she's a very beautiful woman, both in real life and the way she's drawn. And uh,
2: I, thought that that was, I thought that was mildly
1: when he stabbed her in the foot. I thought that was pretty
2: funny. <laughs> I didn't see it coming. I, I that really that didn't. Yeah, exactly. It's the first thing in the episode that I was just like, okay. Mm-hmm. That was a pleasant surprise instead of a cringy surprise. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is actually the part that made me laugh a little bit. I mean, like mildly amusing. Mm-hmm. When he kicks down the door, mm-hmm. throws the sword away. And uh, just starts beating the crap out of the guy with two with you know bald fists like Kirkfist.
1: Uh, yeah, like I thought of Kirkfu a yeah. little bit. Um, and what yeah. what is does uh, Beckett say right there? Uh, he's being so um, I don't know something. But I gotta see. Did you have your uh, captions on? I forgot to turn mine on.
2: I do, but is it coming up or did we miss it? I uh,
1: I it. Right around I was there, yeah he
2: complaining? Double fist puncher.
1: It'd be interesting if uh, this is uh, not as episodic as other Star Treks and it's more where uh, there's a continuing storyline, which I think we're going to have have that. And uh, I, it'd be cool if they develop a relationship somehow.
2: I yeah, think. of course it would be against protocol, like mm-hmm. everything else on the show. And
1: Boimler doesn't seem to have a love interest yet, right? Um, what? Boimler doesn't seem to have any love interest or prospects at the moment. No, not yet. Not mm-hmm. yet. So interesting to see where they bring him. Yeah, it's wide open, his future on that. I like that he's the only one that, like, uh, realizes what's going on and has to tell the captain what's going on. I mean, so, again, worst captain ever. (laughs) Well, that's why
2: she's delivering a gift, and she couldn't even get that right, right? Well, the thing is, if she had not made them work so hard and and Mm -hmm. been so unrealistic on 60-second increments for every Mm task— They wouldn't have made the mistake. So
1: See mm-hmm. 48? 47 you have to right think there. That
2: they wouldn't have made the
1: mistake. That's where it just turned to 47 um, when she had when she realized Bormler was right and she needs to follow through with uh, letting people do their job the way they there know how to do it.
2: There you go. There's your 47. Yep. yep. You got it. And now, okay, now another thing. It's just now you can do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> whatever the heck you want. Abandon protocol. Do this. Do that. Do you are Starfleet, which means that you don't have to have any kind of uh, rules or regulations on my ship now. Just just do your job however you see fit, without any kind of discipline. And I get it; it's to defeat these guys. Mm-hmm. But then they institute it as like a shipwide thing. And I like that the ship is named Death Valley. Did you see that? The uh, no, I didn't. The shuttle
1: pod. Oh, cool. Uh, uh, Death Valley. Another national. Is that park. a national park? Very cool. Yeah. I didn't know that was a national park. I knew it was a place in uh, Arizona, right? I think No I think California Is it again California I don't know I don't don't have to google that Geography podcast Coming soon Yeah yeah Um, But Is that where it was 130 degrees the other day Fahrenheit I don't know what that is In Celsius But it's gotta be high I love to read Mm -hmm. (laughs) Read I said it was 130 degrees There the other day Death Valley I believe
2: Yeah Yeah
1: Um, Now uh, Beckett's uh, Sleeves One of them's torn off So Technically She only kind of Half broke the rolls by not rolling down her sleeves.
2: No, but I mean, he told her and they clearly were both unrolled.
1: Mm. And when she didn't roll them down, I was like, ooh, what's going to happen? I was intrigued. Yeah. The doctor, you like the doctor? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) I mean,
2: it's just like a cartoon cat. I, Mm (sighs) I,
1: I don't know maybe I'm looking at it differently maybe I'm looking at it like this is a cartoon comedy show made for fans of Star Trek that have invested decades in watching Star Trek and can get the little tiny jokes that no one else would get unless you invested that much time in watching Star Trek but also it's but it separate. also has to stand stand
2: on its own
1: mm-hmm. I don't think it could funny I don't I don't think anybody could watch this not going into watch it, not watching all of Star Trek and enjoy it halfway as much. Really? Just because of all the references, I think that that's I don't know, the fan service. That's what I like about it. So maybe. Yeah, but I don't think it, I don't
2: think the the show hinges on fan service. Mm-hmm. I think the fan service is there and, you know, it can be cool, mm-hmm. but I think that, you know, you could still approach these characters outside of service.
1: Mm-hmm. I like the story. I like um, the writing. I like the characters. I don't know. Maybe it was just written for me.
2: Yeah. Or maybe it wasn't written for me. <laughs> maybe, like I said, um, I don't like to be a negative guy. I always mm-hmm. like to look for the positive and yeah. stuff. But this one just really, it just, it, it rubbed me in multiple wrong ways.
1: So what did you think about this? Where, uh, you know, she forgives him for um, stabbing her.
2: Right. And yet and he, he still he has, has her, her
1: arrested. Yeah. Which I like. You like that?
2: Yeah, I like that. Okay. Yeah, because fuck her. <laughs> um, and see, look at this. See. Uh huh. Now she's she's she's. I, I I just don't understand how she is on a starship. Uh, Beckett. And okay, that's kind of hot. So they're planting the seeds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care who your parents are. Mm-hmm. I mean, they will be dropped out of the fleet. And here we go. And now it's now, the the ultimate joke. So name a slacking rule after Boimler, mm-hmm. who is like the only one that was really killing it under the new
1: the mm-hmm. new regime. Which kind of shows you how history does work. You know, what, what, uh, who was it? Was it Mark Twain's? Who said uh, history is just a group of lies that everyone agrees on or something? Who said that? I'm not I forget. really sure of it. Mm-hmm. Could be Twain. I just always think of him because of uh, Time Zero, One and two. Gotcha. Jerry Harden. Mm-hmm. Very good at that. Did you talk to him? Of who was who it that talked to him? Somebody talked to him. Steve uh, skipped, Sk- skipped it. In? Okay, cool. Yeah. Four eleven twenty two. yeah. Yeah, I still want to see the full performance. In the far maybe future. Castle Rock. I think maybe Castle Rock, we spoke to him. One of them. So, what do you think about the far future?
2: Uh, I and, mean, and do you have any more of a clunky, frigging, the great bird?
1: Yeah, a reference like to the Gene the Roddenberry. Movie. Of course, on Gene Roddenberry's twofer, birthday Two
2: Ferengays in school yeah. Yeah.
1: Why is today an Roddenberry's birthday? Uh, I believe yesterday or today uh, Right around when it aired So I thought that was nice And then when they um, mentioned uh, Chief O'Brien That's when I got off the couch And yeah. I was like, F yeah, this is awesome <laughs> You know, it's finally he's recognized For all the things he does you, you must like O'Brien Because you like yeah, Deep like Space this- Nine, right?
2: Yeah, no, I think O'Brien's a great character. I love the fact that they put him behind the the transporter console. Though,
1: mm-hmm. I'm I'm thinking he he gen. he wasn't always standing in there. I'm thinking, uh, have you ever seen those um, uh, Miles O'Brien uh, comic strips that are shared on, around? Yeah, there?
2: and like. Like most of them, uh, just like him standing behind the console. Yeah, like eight like, like
1: for show. eight or ten panels, it's just him standing there. <laughs> I'm thinking he's smart enough that he put a holographic O'Brien there, and there's like a like a little lounge room behind the transporter area that oh, he man. that he goes sure. to, and you know watches old episodes t- episodes of Taxi or something.
2: I'll uh, yeah, that's <laughs> fine. I, I'll, I'll give that to Miles. Sure, he could he could figure
1: that out. If anybody? He can. I mean, because he's always standing there. Well, at least he moved to Deep Space Nine, so he's constantly busy on Deep Space Nine. I don't know what happened oh, yeah. after Deep Space Nine. Uh, is, are there any uh, O'Brien so according books? According to the yeah, the the the
2: continuation books, the DS Nine relaunch books, mm-hmm. he went and took a position on Earth, at Starfleet
1: Academy. Okay, like teaching engineering or something. Is he yeah, still with yeah. Keiko? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is Molly? Is Molly? I think Molly's in Starfleet, right? I can't remember. Uh, the, mm, I'm trying to remember. No, I think
2: you might be thinking of the this the season uh, eight writers' <laughs> room exercise. That
1: yeah, the, that's uh, probably and and that's not canon. Because <laughs> no, <laughs> Captain, uh, yeah. Captain Nog's I mean, still sure. out there. I don't know. Sure, Captain Nog is dead. Yeah, it's sad face. Um, that that was a great episode though. I, I when I when I saw that writers' room, I really wanted them to do another episode, uh, another season of Deep Space Nine. But then. Oh yeah, sure. Uh have, have you been following along with uh Alexander uh, Sadig uh, is doing like um fan fiction reading. Yeah. I I found that interesting with uh yeah, um, Andy Robinson heard, and Gar- as Garrick, you know?
2: Yeah. And he got yeah, his ex wife Andy Robinson. uh yeah.
1: Nana Garrick. to do it.
2: Nana no, no, I saw that they're up to like the fifth episode on mm-hmm. that and um Lopton is is mm-hmm. got a part, Nana is doing it, mm-hmm. uh Garrick, um and of course, Sid, and I thought there was one other, but I only heard like the first 20 minutes of the first episode mm-hmm. and I keep meaning to go back, but I just, I just
1: haven't. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so, one of those things I'm yeah, interested I'm in. To, uh, I haven't watched the whole thing and I want to sit down and watch it all like in one day kind of thing, like binge it. <laughs> so maybe right, when, when yeah. they're done, I'll do that. But um, I'm interested in it. Well. The good thing is, it's like an audiobook
0: mm-hmm.
2: because it's just them on a Zoom call, like mm-hmm. we're here now talking about it. So th- it works equally well. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like just listening to it because I get the characters as the characters, mm-hmm. not as the actors reading the characters. Right. In their living room, you know, like, like we because, are or whatever, in their office. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because um, Andrew Robinson is amazing.
1: Oh, I love him. I picture Garrick. I think when, he's when, when one of my favorite characters reading. of all time, Garrick. Oh, maybe. Garrick is amazing. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you know I mean, so, so, yeah, I mean,
2: I I don't like to press you on these things because I know you love everything. I do. I there really do. No aspect, there was no aspect of that episode that just kind of rubbed you the wrong way. It's just like, it, just these people to me aren't worthy of the sort of the ideal of star. And I guess mm-hmm. maybe that's where I get. I'm not a huge proponent of Roddenberry's vision. I find that okay. to be kind of pedantic and tedious. Right. This is the opposite of that. All right. This, this is the complete opposite mm-hmm. of what everybody touts as Roddenberry's vision, right? Because Starfleet is an and, and these people are profoundly inept. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I I don't know. So don't
1: know. so do you think in the twenty fourth century that everyone is like we see on uh, Next Gen or Deep Space Nine or no, Voyager? No. Or do you no, think there are all, a bunch of screwups? I,
2: I don't think that anybody on a starship is going to be that way mm. because you know starships run on, on discipline and a hierarchy and a chain of command. When it's, that's all It's just the setting know. It's not the people Albie it's, mm-hmm. it's the setting that the people
1: are, are in mm-hmm.
2: You expect to be a, a, Just a different caliber Of person To be in the fleet
0: mm-hmm. And I That's what that. we've
2: always seen That's what we've mm-hmm. always been taught mm-hmm. And Next Gen cemented that More than anything else Because mm-hmm. everybody was type A mm-hmm. You know Except for Picard in uh, Tapestry mm-hmm. When he was a uh, scientist Picard When he was Powder Blue Picard mm-hmm. You know um i just i don't I, I don't i don't i don't say that there's no room for this kind of thing in right. the star trek universe okay. i just don't see it happening on a st- I,
1: I think my whole thing is when you're saving the galaxy and saving the space-time continuing saving the planet saving civilizations and you're on the enterprise and all that kind of stuff's happening you can't be these people But I think uh, there's room in the other 200 ships in the fleet or whatever, however many there are. Do you happen to know? I don't know. Um, There's room for people that are just like bored out of their mind and enjoying margaritas during the day. No, and I'm not saying that they can't, but at the end of Mm -hmm. the
2: day, they also have to be capable and, and competent. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I guess Tendy strikes me as that point. I, it, it's just it all comes back down to Mariner. The, okay, the series is focused. The main character, yeah, she's a main character. Unlikable.
1: It's mm. just an unlikable character, and I love her. Maybe that's the difference. Maybe that's the difference. She can do no wrong for me. <laughs> she, she right. really can. Tawny Newsom I'm plays her, I believe. Yeah, Tawny Newsom. So I'm a big Tawny fan. Newsom.
2: So. Yeah, I'm gonna pull the stick out of my ass now. I'm sorry,
1: <laughs> I think I think our ratings for this episode might be a little bit different. Yeah <laughs> Okay You think? <laughs> okay but So we'll do our ratings after Trek and Tell How's that sound? Do you have uh, something for okay. Trek and Tell?
2: I do um, This is uh, It amazes me how I was thinking oh, What am I going to do? Oh yeah I have a whole bunch of stuff in a box right here In my closet in my library <laughs> So I'll just grab the first thing This is something my friend Darren gave me I think in middle school or in high school It is a complete set Ooh. Of original Star Trek blueprints Wow uh, The Enterprise And it's in this nifty pleather vinyl carrying case. I'm just going to, it's got a button snap here, as you can see. Mm -hmm. I'm going to open it very carefully because I don't want to break the plastic. And I don't believe I've ever taken these out. It's got, it says here, a complete set of 12 authentic blueprints blueprints of the fabulous Starship Enterprise. I'll just take out this one. Let's see Mm -hmm. what this one is.
1: No bloody A, B, C, or D, right?
2: No bloody A. Looks like we got the most boring part of all. This looks like the main tractor beam and the cargo deck. Okay. So, yeah, some of these are ripped, but uh, I really have to inspect these a little bit better and maybe –
1: I I knew the blueprints existed, but I didn't know they came in a nice fancy package like that. There were some blueprints in the original, uh, what, uh, compendium? Is that how you pronounce that? Yeah. Uh Uh-huh.
2: Compendium's a good word. That's it. That's a thing. <laughs> this one looks a little bit different. Uh, we got the shuttlecraft hangar. This might be min engineering. Let's take a look. Oh, we got the deflector dish on this one.
1: Very nice. Not bad, right? Yeah, very nice.
2: Yeah. So, so thank you, Darren.
1: Yeah, thank and, you, Darren. Um,
2: I've had these for literally probably thirty something years now, wow. and I still have never really taken them out and really looked at them. Mm. But I know that they're. Um, very, I think they're very collectible. I really don't know. Who knows? I got to think at this point that the uh, there is some kind of
1: they would, fan. They would probably look nice mounted uh, under glass in a frame on a wall. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if you had, sure. Yeah,
2: um, yeah. So these are French Josephs, Franz Joseph designs. Hmm. Got me. Original preliminary check prints approved by Gene Roddenberry. Special. Equicon 74 first edition copies to National Air and Space Museum original drawing reviewed and updated by Ballantine Books. Regular second edition first printing. So, I guess I have the regular second edition
1: first printing. Those had to be at least $30, 40 back then. I'm thinking they're but, very see, nice. Is, but, no, no, oh, there's a price on it. Price? What? No, I can't. Uh, five bucks. Five Dude, bucks. I'll give you 10 right now. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So that's my trek and tell. Wow, I have a that's couple really of other, nice. other things too. Maybe if, um, I, if I'm on again. Hopefully you'll be so, on again.
1: I'd love to torture yeah, you with more like lower decks.
2: Of, of interest, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, so maybe I'll take these out and look at them.
1: Never. Uh, when I was younger, and uh, maybe not so much younger, I, I every time I look at Star Trek blueprints or find some online, I'm like, ooh, you know, I, maybe I could fit that you know, in my living room. Maybe I could build yeah, part I mean, of a set of something. I always wanted yeah, a star trek I, I, bedroom, I had... Kirk's bedroom hmm,
2: all right, you Kirk's gotta get, quarters find that uh, that orange sort of divider thingy yeah yeah you know, well uh
1: diagonalal uh it must still exist the uh, the other day uh I was watching, oh, what's the episode um where they're wearing the shower curtain and they go down the planet and they get a virus in the original series miri uh, oh That's, the naked the so naked the naked time, I think. Naked time. Yeah, they okay. have the and red shower they're... curtain spacesuits on. I yeah, mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I I wanted to find a shower curtain like that and make that outfit. Because then we could go <laughs> shopping at the store in it, you know, and be safe and also fashionable. Uh-huh, just don't take your glove
2: off. <laughs> fine.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was watching it with my daughter, Serenity, and she she was like, he shouldn't take his glove off. He's going to catch whatever. No, so she already knew. That's Joe.
2: <laughs> Joe's an idiot. Sorry, Serenity. Yeah. But, uh... So So what's your trek and tell
1: today? My trek and tell for today is uh, continuing with the original series theme. I have Vina as Orion Animal Woman. Ooh. I have many, many uh, action figures, and this is They call
2: it Orion
1: Animal Woman now? Yeah, that's what it says. Instead of Slave Girl, I guess.
2: Yeah, I guess maybe they want it to be a little bit more PC because calling somebody an animal (laughs) Much, much more politic
0: than
1: calling them a slave girl. Why wouldn't just a Vena as an Orion be okay? Why did they have to add anything else? But yeah, Susan Oliver. When when did this Um, this come out? Okay, let me put on my visor (laughs) so I can see. Um, Let's look for a year on this one. Ages four and up, so I qualify. Join the official Star Trek fan club, 1-800-TRUE-FAN. 1996, this came out. Okay. And they have original series, next-gen, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager. There's only one Voyager on this package, and it's Barkley from from Projections. Gotcha. And what's the progeny of that? How did you come by that? Uh, I think I just bought it in a store, like uh, walking through Walmart. And I was like, uh, I have a crush on her. I think I'll buy her. That's the closest thing I'll ever have to a real girlfriend. Gotcha. And uh, okay. she's green. I have a thing for green women. I don't know what it is.
2: Uh, collector's okay. edition and, car- and cartoon women apparently
1: yeah cartoon women green women uh women in general women on star yeah, trek
2: pretty good now go to look, go back to the back of that thing okay where they 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 have one quote voyager character mm-hmm. but it's reg yeah <laughs> so they really didn't have the rights to a Voyager <laughs> character they're just saying well he was in voyager so it might just be this same.
1: Like playmates playmates <laughs> made a lot of star trek voyager uh action figures though uh my that's th- like, that's like saying that Riker is an enterprise character. Yeah. Have you seen the, the episodes of, uh, Voyager with, uh, with Barkley in them and, uh, Marina Surgeon? Yeah,
2: those are w- some of the few that I watched.
1: Okay. So and you haven't made it all the way through Voyager. You three haven't three. done a Voyager watch?
2: No, no, no. You know, the funny thing is I tried with Voyager to watch it from the beginning just to give it a chance. Mm-hmm. And I never liked it when it was on, on the air, as you know, we've discussed mm-hmm. this ad nauseam, but, um, I really wanted to see, all right, let me, let me just give it a chance. Let me see. And I couldn't even get through caretaker. Let me at least see how she got the ship marooned mm-hmm. like millions of light years from home. But, um, I really, I, I, I think I kept falling asleep through caretaker and that's not, you know, that that's half me and half Voyager mm-hmm. because I start watching it about ten thirty, eleven o'clock. And before 1130, I'm out mm-hmm. because, you know, I've just been working all day. So, but at the same time, um, I was expecting, I guess maybe because, and here we go with DS9 again. <laughs> the, the premiere of DS9, when they, they set it at Wolf 359, it was mm-hmm. such a more dynamic sort of opening mm-hmm. you had that space battle and you had them going away on the on, on on the emergency shuttle and just the cinematography was really neat because they showed them blasting off and the battle getting mm-hmm. smaller and smaller in space behind mm-hmm. them and it was just like so dynamic it was so visionary for star trek at that point which has been very stilted and i thought that since they were going to be in the badlands that it would be a little bit more visually exciting and then sort of they're in the Badlands and then all of a sudden they're on like a planet where someone's given them corn on the cob mm-hmm. in a meadow. They could be in Mayberry and it's just like, well, oh, wait a minute, you and, know. And they go in a
1: barn and this they roll up not their space. space. Hmm? Yeah,
0: I
2: guess.
1: <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> it just, it's like, uh, uh, all right. And for me, the only thing I didn't like about Caretaker was the design of the Kazon's. The, the, they I, they never did it for me. Like, always looking at them, I was like, you guys look silly, and you should know you look silly. It's like busted-ass Klingons is what they yeah. are. It was like, do Klingons, but different, please.
2: And that's what right, they came yeah. up with. And like. we're going to make them the main villain, just like the Ferengi mm-hmm. would be the main villain in next yeah. gen. And they but, all your plans. Forget about it. Yeah. You know?
1: But other than the Kazon, I really liked uh, Voyager. But I like everything.
2: Yeah, but I know you. I think that uh, Voyager holds a special place for you. Mm-hmm.
1: I I've see, always liked like everything. It. Uh, but, the yeah. the the friendship between Tom, which is another character that would totally fit in in lower decks, I think. The, at least uh, Tom Paris, as we meet him in the beginning of Voyager, and uh, Harry Kim. Uh, I like I like their uh, friendship and how they go through the whole series like that. And I like I like Janeway. I think she's a good captain.
2: Yeah, I like I like Mulgrew. I mm-hmm. don't like Janeway. Or hmm. anyway, I didn't. Um, that's that was the biggest sticking point for me. Kind of like. Um, like Mariner now, um, I just found Janeway to be grating hmm. in the beginning. I, I don't know how she was written because I've really, you know, I, I can see that Kate Mulgrew is like fabulously talented. Yeah, absolutely. So like a charismatic actor mm-hmm. and can really lead a show. I mean, she she can be the center of it and carry mm-hmm. it and she's really good. It's just the way she was written, the stuff that she had to work with that always just turned me off. I was just like, why would a cap- – like I never, I never bought that Janeway – could have pulled off what she pulled off. I just how so she succeeded for the for the for the sake of the story.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Does that make sense? A little bit, but uh, how
1: how so? Where did
2: she fail on? on I'm trying to remember the one where I was just like, "What are you doing?" Um, I think it was Scorpion. Okay, is it the one with where she's helping the Borg? Uh,
1: yeah, Scorpion yeah. one
2: and two. I think it might be a two parter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, they told the story with the frog and the scorpion and all that. Hmm. And she decides to trust the organ. And mm-hmm. I was like, what are you? What are you, stupid? What are you doing? <laughs> Why would you do that? And she does. And it somehow comes out in the end. And I'm thinking, no, it wouldn't have come out in the end. The whole ship would have been assimilated. But for the sake of the show, hmm. they need her to be the hero. So it's going to come out in the end, even though to me, she's making colossal error.
1: Well, with time travel. So maybe it's me. Alfie. <laughs> with time travel i think that's the way voyager got out of everything is uh yeah. you,
2: you, i mean they always had a giant reset button on Voyager, which just a lot of people hate
1: reset time. buttons i love reset buttons like year of hell is probably one and two probably one of my favorites of voyager
2: that i think that's what what what, what made me never go back to voyager ever again see, uh, that's what see, see, that said, might be I'm our thing done with this
1: when there's a reset button at the end of something like that i just enjoy it i don't know why but it's one of my things. Yeah, no, I mean. Brandon Braga, I think. Wasn't Year in Hell supposed to be, Year in Hell was supposed to be a season-long arc though, right? Yeah, they were going to do the season-long is what I understand. Yeah. Yeah. And And then reset it.
2: Yeah. Progressively, Mm -hmm. like, you know, dark and dreary and they said no, no, no and they made it into a a two-parter, right? A two-parter
1: with a reset button. As far as I understand, yes. And, uh, but you kind of, you kind of see the reset button coming because of all the time travel in it. Yeah, but,
2: yeah. And to me, that's cop-out. It's mm-hmm. like, why do you want to tell that kind of story? But that was Voyager. Mm-hmm. You're going to tell X, Y, Z, whatever story it is, mm-hmm. but we're not going to have any kind of progression.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We're going to reset it because we, we, we want to be steadfastly episodic mm-hmm. in, the face of, in the face of different TV paradigms these days. And Where- I understand why Berman wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. He wanted it to be more like Next Gen. Mm-hmm. So that's, that, that's fine, but it, it wasn't good. Mm-hmm.
1: I enjoyed it. And uh, the, the reset button, I think if they didn't have that reset button, it would have been more like, uh, like the Battlestar Galactica. And I think that's why Ron Moore jumped ship. Mm-hmm. And, and he know. said, you know what? I don't want a reset button. We're going we're gonna to do this.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's what prompted him. I think he also uh, came at loggerheads with them over seven of nine. Because he said she's a Borg. Why don't we have her look like a Borg? That would be unsettling. Instead, you just have like the sexiest woman ever with a little bit of tech on her face. Even the tech is sexy. <laughs> so if you're going to have a Borg on the ship, have mm-hmm. a Borg on the ship.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, some boardroom, they were probably like, mm, what about a sexy Borg? Huh. <laughs> I'd be like, I'm on board. I'm on board. Yeah. This Jerry Ryan actress. Let's give her a yeah. shot. She, she's very beautiful. She yeah, seems I'm capable. Board. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on board. <laughs> Okay, um, so uh, back to Lower Decks, season one, episode three, Temporal Edict. Uh, what rating did you give it? I give
2: it one crystal spear out of ten.
1: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> we are absolutely at the opposite ends of the spectrum. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it <laughs> ten flying bedpans. <laughs> Almost
2: gave it. I mean, a, I really, again, I look forward to it. I look yeah. forward to the day when I say, wow, this show is
1: great. I look forward when it, to the day when it turns all around, Albie. I really do. Do you ever think <laughs> if that does happen, like if it's, it's middle of season two and you're still watching for some reason um, and, and you just love it, you go back and go, oh, now I get it. I don't know. No, I don't
2: think so. Because when you say like uh, this is a pet peeve of mine, when mm-hmm. people say to a joke, oh, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. I think that's never really the case I think
1: the it's truth just not of funny. it is
2: I get it it's mm-hmm. just not funny just doesn't, I understand why it's supposed to be funny it just right. isn't okay. so I don't know that that would change for me even mm. if the show you know turned into something else mm-hmm. okay. this is still what it is which is pretty
1: damn bad <laughs> <laughs> sorry so one thumbs up one thumbs down which one would you be Siskel or yeah. Ebert I'm not sure uh, I don't know which one was always douchier Skip would know this I don't know Skip would know I'm gonna be, Yeah, I'm going to give it Thumbs, thumbs up. up That's, that's a thumbnail Right like, there like right There's a thumbnail Right there hey. Oh in front of us There <laughs> hey, we go um, But okay well <laughs> No up down <laughs> Middle Sideways I don't know I really enjoyed it I'm giving it a 10 I, I just Good. thought well, it was the best great. I only watched it four times I, I haven't done the full 10 yet But uh, I enjoyed it every time
2: Alright
1: And uh, Honestly, I, I I like to see where point- it's going
2: Hmm? some kind of relatable center to Mariner and I think 90% of my problems with this show would disappear
1: Okay, so if, if she ever won you over it might be a different story well, what, if, what would it take for give, the, give the character reason to like the character uh, what would be a good reason what if you found out why she is acting
2: like she is would that help still not an excuse I okay. just want some baseline courtesy and competence mm-hmm. I don't want someone that's dialed up to 11 being an asshole <laughs> and that's what
1: she was in this entire episode that's my imaginary girlfriend you're talking about
2: yeah. <laughs> well, you know, um, I can never take that away from you, sir. <laughs> you don't have to listen to the naysayers.
1: All right. Nor would I want to. So, are you going to watch uh, next week's episode, which is? I'm gonna keep watching. I'm
2: going to watch. I'm going to watch until the end of the. I'm a Star Trek fan.
1: I'm going to watch it's new Star Trek. I'm going to watch it. I, I might not like it, uh-huh.
2: but I'm going to support it.
1: Well, that's good. I've heard. I've heard you turned off episodes of Star Trek before, though. I didn't know that was possible yes well i mean like even ones that weren't my favorite i kept watching i don't know yeah i mean
2: even if um i guess maybe it's still the novelty of having new weekly trek Mm -hmm. that keeps me coming back more than and just being able to keep abreast and part of an active fandom again Mm -hmm. instead of a fandom that's sort of moribund i mean it's like like compare this to quantum leap Mm -hmm. where we're talking about stuff that's like 30 years old at this point we love it and we'll always find new ways to talk about it but nothing compares to having fresh content of your favorite franchise Mm -hmm. available on a weekly basis i mean so that's just that's valuable thing even if it's not your favorite thing yeah the only one that i might not watch is the section the section 31 uh because Mm -hmm. i do not like Michelle Yeoh, really? As, uh, Space Hitler, yeah. Hmm. I think she's the worst part of Discovery. So, I don't think I need to see a a, a series centered on that character. Well, you watch the pilot.
1: Yeah, hmm. yeah. Okay. So for me, it's like a foregone conclusion that I'm going to watch all Star Trek.
2: Yeah, no and I say what. that now, but I'll probably watch it because <laughs> what they're going to do is stagger these things so that it'll be the only trek on at the time. Mm-hmm. And I'll, it'll be probably much like a lower deck situation where at least I just want to keep abreast of what's mm-hmm. going on in the universe. Mm-hmm.
1: But um, yeah, I, I think I did some quick math in my uh, head the other day, and uh, I think this is uh, 23 weeks in a row with Lower Decks and uh, Discovery season three. Great. And exactly. with all the other new shows coming out, it's like, I think they could do 52 episodes a year and I would be happy about that no matter what yeah, track okay. it is. Yeah, if you got, if you got Pike five series in production. Yeah, Pike, section 31. What else? Three, three, Discovery, three, Lower Decks. Uh, there's a Nickelodeon show called what? Prodigy coming out? Right, and that's not all-access,
2: though. That's going to Nickelodeon, be just general I think. G- g- cable, right, basically?
1: Yeah, cable, Nickelodeon,
2: so. I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and prodigy, that's so.
1: going to be uh, geared towards kids.
2: And that's its own thing. Mm-hmm. That won't even be, like, in the, the all-access
1: paywall slate mm-hmm. of stuff. Yeah, from what I'm so. hearing, it's going to be something like Captain Underpants-ish. That kind of uh, animation style and okay. writing. So I don't know if you've ever watched I thought it was. I thought it was going to be I thought it was like all digital. What do you mean? I thought it was going to be like like
2: Clone Wars style. Oh, maybe. It's I don't know. Like I, haven't, I haven't seen any uh, art concepts of it yet. No, I think it, they said it's all CGI.
1: Okay. That'll be good.
2: So it's like a CG type show.
1: Yeah. And I'll watch that too, but that won't be on CBS All Access. What, what other shows? Is that all? Or did, Oh, Picard again. Picard again. Picard, yeah. So okay, so they, they, they should be able say. to get one new a week because they, they get my what? What is it? $12, $13 a, a month? That's worth yeah, four new episodes that, of any Star Trek. Yeah, and
2: it's just like once they build up their head of steam I think COVID could put them behind
1: yeah so. which is good that they had the animation I think they this was supposed to originally be after Discovery
2: exactly season but 3 but they were able to uh, they were able to get it out faster
1: mm-hmm. yeah animation seems animation. to be the only way to go unless TV shows are doing what we're doing right now so
2: I yeah everything is
1: now zoom, mm-hmm.
2: zoom so, table
1: reads so right. we have network quality broadcasting right here
2: you are welcome, people.
1: <laughs> we, I, I just need a better makeup person and a hair person. I haven't had a haircut. I need better lighting. Yeah, better lighting. Uh, I, I think I'm. My lighting is way too heavy. Oh no, you bright. got you got some. You
2: got your head and shoulders above me. Okay.
1: <laughs> I, I think that's uh, it for this episode. Um, it, uh, give us a little bit of plugs in case nobody has watched the first few episodes with you. Uh, where can they find you, Mister Christopher D. Philippus? They can. F- they can
2: find me i am a host on the quantum leap podcast it's quantumleappodcast.com there you can hear me and matt and allison and occasionally albie and hayden talking about the greatest tv show ever ever one of the greatest quantum leap, quantum leap. um we, we're loving that that's com. we're now into season five And we have some really neat guests lined up on upcoming shows. So Mm -hmm. please uh, go on, subscribe, listen, share, tell all the leapers you know. And you can find me personally on my website at deflipside.com, D-E-F-L-I-P-S-I-D-E.com.
1: Which is a really cool website with a lot of nice content for people like me to enjoy. Okay. So next week is Moist Vessel. Any expectations (laughs) of Moist Vessel? The moist is one of those words I try to avoid saying, but um, uh, in this case, I guess it's okay. If Star Trek says it, I can say it.
2: I think that um, my expectation is that it really has nowhere to go but up. I mean, so (laughs) my whole thing, it can be as bad, but hopefully it won't be. Odds (laughs) are it won't be. Moist vessel.
1: Uh, Know what this is about. Be the first to add to the plot. So that's the summary. So... uh, uh, <laughs> I'm thinking there's a,
2: so so meticulous
1: something goes wrong in hydroponics and uh, just uh, it's very moist something goes wrong in cetacean ops oh cetacean ops ooh it could be from what yeah. I understand we don't see maybe. cetacean ops until season 2 but we see people coming out of cetacean ops in this All season right,
2: so maybe maybe this doesn't do with it's that no spoiler I, I know. Know.
1: anyway I'm looking forward to it after this I'm gonna do a little bit of work and then go watch Lower Decks again 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 you can, you can go watch some deep space nine or uh some original series
2: yeah perhaps all right you know watch spock's brain which is infinitely better than this episode <laughs> of lower decks
1: wow that's that's the uh that's the quote on the bottom spock's brain infinitely better on lower decks
0: fascinating
1: all right well thanks for joining me and uh, i think that about wraps it up
0: thank you for listening to trekaholic another star trek podcast Please support the show by going to patreon.com trekaholic. Send written or audio feedback to trekaholicpod at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail at 305-707-TREK. That's 305-707-8735. And don't worry, no one will pick up. It's only for voicemail. Visit our website at trekaholic.com for more information. Trekaholic, another Star Trek podcast is not affiliated in any way with CBS or Paramount. I'm your announcer, Zoe Dean. Trekaholic, another Star Trek podcast, is a barren Space production.